I love my plus size community, but I also am an advocate for health. Like, how much are we pushing the border? I get voluptuous, but I mean, if it's going to cost you your life, we need to take a look at it. So what made you decide or how did you start losing weight? What was the was there something that happened that what was it? Well, all my life I've been fat since third grade, but I wanted a son. So I got lap band. And when I got lap band, I had I had the baby, or I got pregnant like four to seven months after that surgery. And the doctor was mad because he said, you're supposed to wait 12 months to fully be recovered inside for your stitches. I said, it's okay, I got what I wanted. So I was so happy because I wanted to make sure before I was 30 that I had a baby. Because me and my best friend always had these certain guidelines in life. Yes. I'm an only child, so she was like my big sissy. So we always talked like, this is when we're emotionally mature to marry. This is when we're able to handle a kid. This is what we're supposed to do. And that's, by golly, that's what we're going to do. She didn't do any of it. And I did all of it. And I, I said, who am I living for? I was living for everybody else, but what I was supposed to be doing. But it was to... Uh, you know, season me for such a time as today, right now. So that's where we're at. But it was to get fertile. So I did the lap band and I instantly got pregnant, but there was complications. You know, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, so I was kind of going against the odds with my fertility. So I said, man, because I never had a problem with being a plus size girl. I, I was always a confident, never had problems getting boyfriends or whatever, you know. But this time... I knew I didn't have a regular period, and I was like, uh-oh, time's a ticking. I'm about to be 30. So I thought, maybe I'm just not going to be a mom. And I had a stepdaughter, so I was like, okay, thank you, Lord. Like, this is motherhood. It's as close to it as you're, you know, you're gifting me Gabby. And then when I saw the two lines, I was petrified. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this really happened. It's And it wasn't a miracle because I was petrified, I thought. Maybe I forced something, you know, I was scared. I was scared. So my mom came and she goes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill a cockroach for you. Cause she saw fear in my eye and I go, it's not that mom. And she got a little closer and then she goes, you're pregnant. And I go, mm-hmm. And I showed it to her and then her mouth went, no way. And her mouth stayed open for an hour. <laughs> That's how it went. And then I was scared. And then uh, twice I almost miscarried with him at work. So it was scary. But he's a miracle. Wow. So. How old is he now? He's 12. He oh, just dang. turned okay. 12. Mm -hmm. So he's so this was a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then you got the lap band that and then you dropped 100 pounds after that. I dropped 60 to loot to have him. And then after he came out, after Eric came out, I was able to um, continue my weight loss, but what I noticed is the longer I had it, the more I felt like I was having many heart attacks, and I could watch my food literally go down, and it was just a foreign object in my body. That's why I got that one instead of the other one that's permanent, because I eventually said I could do it on my own. Got in the driver's seat of God. So I had it removed, and then I went, boom, fettuccine Alfredo, chicken, everything I could eat, and I got up to 327 pounds. So that was the highest weight of my life. And now currently I'm 226. So Okay. And and so are you continuously dropping or is Yes, it... I never had a goal to be under 200 till recent cuz I go, I'm going to look weird. I'm going to look like I'm on drugs, you know. I want to just be I always wanted to just be about 200 was was the max, you know, but now in high school I was 172. 
So I think that might be a realistic goal. But I like being a little bit thick. I don't want to be... A little meat on your bones. Yeah, I want to be strong. I want to be strong. I want to be able to lift things. I, I carry a car seat. I mean, I'm really strong. So I move furniture. I do everything. <laughs> and, and then what happened? So what was the beginning stages of the Love Foundation? Well, it was COVID. All of a sudden, I became a teacher to my son, and when he came home, when everything was shutting down, I realized I didn't have a relationship with my son, and that broke my heart more than any money in the world. So I had to not only put a cap, you know, put on the teacher hat now. I mean, I saw a lot of kids in pantries on there um, trying to get an education. I mean, it was near impossible. That's why I think we got to rechange all the curriculum. Two years emotionally behind is our children. I see it. I teach second grade, too, for Good News Club. Oh, wow. I have 11 students. Right now, I have seven, but... When did you stop working for the asphalt company? In 2020. Okay, so COVID. So basically, you stopped for the asphalt company, and then and then you became a teacher because your kid... Is that basically... Or wait, no, I guess it started in 2019, huh? Um. Well, actually, in 2020... Well, 2019, December, I guess the virus was out, supposedly, mm -hmm. right? Right. But in 2020, March. about March... Mm-hmm. 2020 March, we got our hours cut, but we were getting paid full eight hours. So we only worked five hours. But I mean, we shut it down. We even had like, we locked it. Nobody was allowed on the premises. I mean, it was hardcore. So then we ended up, um, I think what ended up happening was, yeah, we were working part time and one of my vendors came in from G&K Services. He, he does the carpets, you know, and his name is Juan. And he goes, aren't you guys jealous? And I'm like, of what? And he goes, Eagle Paving. They have a commercial. All-American Asphalt doesn't have a commercial. And I'm like, All-American Asphalt is the biggest asphalt company in Southern California. Like, who is Eagle Paving? I got kind of like a little bit. I, I got a little jealous. He planted a seed of jealousy, you know? So I was curious. So I started doing a little research. And um, I noticed that, you know, I was like, hey, they do have a commercial, you know? And I was, at this point, miserable at my company for already about seven years but you know i love my company they taught me everything i know there i 17 years i mean i went to college of all american asphalt so but eagle paving i started researching them and i noticed it said info at eaglepaving.us so i went ahead and i'm a smart cookie hr it da, 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 and i fished for a new career because i felt like i was afraid to grow you know you get stability and insurance and your family needs this stuff right so i um hr at eaglepaving.us bounced back you know it wasn't a, a legitimate email so i go okay i'll just send it to the info and i emailed and i said i've been with my company you know i give my little thing i don't expect anything because i'm sure it went into the you know spam by now well the owner of the company called me and he left me a voicemail and i called him back and i ended up having a 45 minute interview on the phone and he goes when can i see you so i went that day and i got interviewed and um i got a job so they gave me 25 more thousand dollars a year they gave me a phone that's why my phone number is 858 they gave me um computer capabilities the plan was for me to work four days out of the week from home one day in poway and if i was too tired on wednesdays when i come into the office i could stay the night in that really nice hotel right by the office he treated me like gold he said you've been taking advantage of welcome to the team and any decision you want to make for my $60 million company, do it. No questions asked. And if anybody asks you anything, you just say you came from All American Asphalt. Well, me being all, you know, micromanaged, oh, yes, sir, oh, shit, you know? 
I, I, it's like somebody going from prison out to the real world. You know, I was just like, okay, I got to get a pallet of water. Okay, my guys need easy ups. Okay, you know, this crew's going here. Okay, we need to create a oil. You know, I mean, we had to create a lot of different things. They had everything. They had everything. We just needed a little bit of order. So to me, I could do it in my sleep. I was like, okay, what's our assets here? What do we have? We have equipment? Okay. I mean, don't you worry about your $2 million equipment? You know what's happening with the $2 million equipment? It didn't matter. We were writing checks for whatever. It didn't matter. So it didn't fit because I was an IE girl. This is a San Diego lifestyle. It gets done when it gets done. You know, I can't. We need to get, we need to produce. So it just didn't match because our visions were a little bit different, but I am so grateful because they they made me realize I was capable of anything. Sky's the limit. And I went home and that's what I did. And I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, God, I mean, asphalt company. All right. You know, and I was like, all right. And then I, he's like, has nothing to do with asphalt, sweetheart. And I was like, okay. And I, I was having my roof done at the time, like, you know, sealed. And I go, hey, hey, hey. I know what it is now. And he's, he's like, what? You know, and I said, it's about a healing of the souls. It's not about the, the not a healing of the souls. It was, um, it was a company. It was a company for us, you know, basically. It was like a company for healing the souls. And, and it wasn't about making this asphalt and making people feel good. And let's, let's make our employees feel like employees, like they want to work for you. I mean, I had all these visions. It was clouded. And then all of a sudden it wasn't even it had anything to do with business. It had to do with all of us. And I said, wow. And I just had peace. Then all of a sudden I knew I was going to give birth to it. It was going to take nine months. So I had my grand opening May 1st, which I didn't know was Love Day, National Love Day, hmm. 2021. I had um, some balloons, you know, and I had nobody show up, which is okay. I had a few people. But I mean, it didn't matter because I still completed it. It wasn't a ribbon cutting chamber of commerce deal, but it was very important to me. And I had a lot of support. I had girls that were Zumba instructors. I had a health coach fitness. We had a Flocorico dancers. I mean, we had um, uh, food and then we, we wanted to give out clothes. I mean, so now we've been doing other events. So it's grown. But I had my baby and I took a year off. And I just zinned and I cried and I shed all the layers of self-doubt for about a year because I knew waves were going to come and judgment was going to come, but that's okay. I knew it wasn't about my face, kind of like Sia, you know, she's, when she sings, you never see her face. She just has a message and she's, she's a beautiful songstress, you know? So I had to realize, get yourself out of the equation. And remember what it is that this thing stands for. So I said, okay. So I've been listening ever since. And I just jot down in my little notebook and make things happen. So a lot of people tell me, I mean, I've had very powerful people yell at me for 45 minutes saying, you're doing impossible things, Quintana. You, oh man, you're going 150 miles per hour. I said, that's for me. It's not for you. And that's totally okay. What do you think... So obviously you've mentioned God, you've mentioned Jesus. You're very, uh, I think, in touch with your spiritual outlook. Uh, a lot of people aren't so confident. Um, what do you think caused that relationship? 
Is it what? Yeah. What what opened your eyes, opened your mind, opened your heart, opened your soul? Um, the turning point for me was when I was 19 and I was completely broken at the bottom of the barrel of the expectancy from my parents, from my church, from my my family, my culture. I mean, everything. I was just not any kind of a spokesperson for anything you would think of an outcome of these prestigious parents and this church and everything's just perfect. I mean, we're going to go to college. You're going to do everything we didn't do. And I was so bottled down with that, that I turned to other things. So during that time when I turned to other things, they gave us, they gave me direction to a person that could understand what was going on with me. And I got introduced to this church, Jubilee, Pastor Sill, and I saw a lot of people getting healing, women that were coming from prison. Um, she had a home and um, it was a women's home, a fourth and joy in the body of Corona. And that was the church they attended. And um, it was it was eye opening because I came from a very strict church and I was like, ah, but at the same time, I forgot my grandma practically raised me and I was in a Pentecostal church on fourth and joy. The women's homes right behind the Pentecostal church where my grandma would take me, they'd bring me up to the front, put oil on my head and do all kinds of things. And I didn't think it was weird when I was a little kid. But I had been at a different church for so long that I forgot. So at first it was foreign. But then all of a sudden I realized this is real. Like this is healing. Like this is precious. Like this is none of my business. You know, some of these mothers are wailing at the cross for their children. Some of these children are wanting to break free from drugs. Some of these people are really like up there. It's not about, oh, look at them. I wonder what sin they committed. No, this was real life stuff, folks, you know? So I was just like, wow. So I, I started to discover it's a personal relationship with your faith. And, and he's a good person or whatever we believe. They're a good person. They're not somebody to make us so ugh, rigid and, and mean and cruel. That's not it. You know, that's not what I believe. And I totally respect other religions. 100% I do. Because it's a faith that I don't know. I mean, if you were born in India, I'm going to have the audacity to say you cannot believe this. You are unworthy of the pearly gates. I can't say that. I am so sorry, but I can't. So for me, this is what worked for me. And as I've done that, that's been a big pillar of my foundation is that piece of me, which is hard because that was then. That was 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. But now me being in the school system, it's difficult to, it's the impossible becoming possible, right? <laughs> One of the things. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I have a lot of different things that have happened in my life, but when I knew for sure God was real was I was at my boyfriend's house and I was highly, highly on drugs and he choked me to death. And what had happened was my spirit completely went from the bed all the way to the ceiling like I could touch it. And I was confused because I thought that's it. It was just peace. But I came back. And for some reason, my boyfriend's mom was there that day. She had a boyfriend and she was never home. She was there that day and she she swung open the door like this. Because he was already on top of me, holding down the soffit. I mean, completely air passage gone. And she went, what are you doing to her? Like that. And I was already gone, you know. But when, when she did that, he released. And I went, and I went, Ugh. and all of a sudden, I went, Ugh. Like I couldn't breathe back in because he had 
done it so hard, you know? So I just escaped and I got to my car and that, it didn't even end. I mean, he was hanging onto my car as we were driving down Rancho and Corona. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I go down that street because I gave God, give God the glory. He spared my life. That's only one of the times. Another time too, I overdosed on drugs outside of my friend's house. And I crawled inside of the house and I wrapped myself in a blanket just like an animal to die. And I woke up, thank God, and I was okay. But I think that that day something happened because that was weird behavior for somebody to be naked and wrap themselves in a blanket, you know? And I remember dry heaving and stuff too. So I feel like I did die that day a little bit too. So because of those reasons, um, I have a very, 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 very strong intuition, um, discernment, whatever we want to call it, that I can spot fake right away. And even my spirit can't handle it and I have to leave. So it's, it's something that I didn't ask for and I feel weird for, but I own it and I go with it because it's part of me and I, it's special. It's mine. Yeah. Does that happen often? Mm -hmm. In all contexts or do you see it in a particular context more than another? of your dealings with people? Well, let's put it this way. When I go to teach second grade on Thursdays, it's it's a breath of fresh air. All the kids, all the innocents, before they've turned to- To hate everything. Us, us damn adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. They're like, Miss M, you know, like, oh, she's here, we knew you'd come. I mean, it's just pure, we love you. We don't expect anything, we love you. We missed you. You bring happiness to us. It's not. There's no ulterior well, motives. Yeah. You're doing this and this is what I can get from you. And this is. Yeah. And we forget. We forget that we can do that even as adults and go, you know what? I have this really delicious recipe I wanted to share with you. And, you know, Church of Christ ways are beautiful ways. We had secret sister. We give each other gifts. You didn't know who it came from. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful concepts I want to bring to the world, actually, where we can and we can take pieces of each other's cultures like India when they cover their hair and they save it for their husband. Oh, I think that's so beautiful because some of us are so sexualized, you know, and I've been there, too. And I struggle with that even today because I, I do declare myself a Christian woman, but I also know my body's getting beautiful, like according to me. And so I'm like, can I wear this? And. Sometimes it's absolutely not. I, I'm too old now. But it, but sometimes it's, you know what? You're too self-conscious. You got to just walk through the door and just own it, you know? And But there's other times for sure I'm going way out there, you know? <laughs> but it's okay. I'm a, I'm a real person. But yes, it does happen a lot. It, it's very hard to be me. Now that I've completely been transparent with myself and I own myself, in a way that it's like, there's this pain, there's this brokenness in me that's totally awesome because I don't have to be perfect anymore. I have wrinkles, I still got weight loss goals, I, I still have a lot of goals that I wanna smash, I wanna run for city council, I mean, these are things I wanna do. I'm healthy enough to do them, why not do them? So I had mentors, Jackie Casillas. Um, she was a, a mayor, two nonprofits, and um, pregnant. So I said, what's, what's my excuse? I don't even wear one of those hats. So I said, you know what? So she started taking me around. Other people that were empowering me and didn't want to see me fail. They wanted to see me win. And I hadn't loved myself like that. It's like they were loving me back to life. And it wasn't in a church building. 
So all these inspirations started bouncing off each other. And now we've inspired other women. So my next event is February 26th for the ladies this time. Because I did a kids at Christmas and Halloween at Christmas for the kids. But now February 26th, 26 my lucky number. Remember I told you a lot of weird things with 26. Um, February 26th we are doing a ladies event where we're doing a tea. Everything's free. I already have shoes, purses, business jackets. I want um the staffing agency on site to give the ladies jobs on you know if they want jobs boom let's get a job you know or help them with resumes because some of the ladies in my community we're not able to read you know so okay back up a second because i, I want to get more into that but you had mentioned that there's special things with the number 26 <laughs> name a couple of them well seventh grade that was my pe number with Mr. Enright. So ever since I sat on that number, because I think that's when I had arrived, like my sweet self was still sweet. And I feel like that girl's coming back. So 26, I just have always said that's my lucky number since that's been my PE number. Now 26, I also feel, and this might be controversial, but sometimes when I'm in a, a, the right place at the right time, it'll be a 26. And it's weird, funky stuff, okay? One time I was at another rehab, and in my wooden drawers was a 26, where I got to put my clothes, you know, where my bed yeah. was going to be and everything. And I said, why? And just different things that happened. So 226 is going to be beautiful, because I just know it will be. But And then sometimes it even could be a warning, like, hey, you know. Look, look out. Mm -hmm. hmm. And I know that's weird and probably controversial, but... You know, there's a lot of things to be said that we don't know. Like like we talked about earlier, nobody really knows anything. You yeah. know, we got scientists that try to act like they know a lot, but they don't. And and I think the fact that you're so open to openness, I think that does create synchronicities. And because because of your openness, you can spot them. And I think mm -hmm. that most people have synchronicities in their life, mm -hmm. but they're too closed for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they're stressed out. Maybe it's because they have anger issues or emotional baggage. Maybe it's because they have goals that they're so focused on, on hitting or whatever it is that they just can't see what's in front of their face. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've I've been in that situation many times <laughs> if I'm not there right now, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it is a breath of fresh air when you have somebody that you can talk to that is so like anything can happen. Anything is possible because it is mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It really is. And we are our only competition. Mm -hmm. We are yeah, our only it's obstacles. Not a race. I just barely yeah. wrote that this morning. It is not a race. I put it on my Facebook. Actually, I barely put that today. Because it's not, this is what I picture and this is what I tell people is we're all in line like this with our arms like this and we're barely going like a millimeter at a time. But as long as it's together, we're doing it, you know, so nobody's ahead. Nobody has more. It doesn't matter. Like the, the money, you're still in this line because we're all going to die. That's for sure. Nobody escapes Conveyor death. belt. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, come on, guys, come on, because we're doing really bad. I mean, the rage right now. And how short-tempered we are towards our kids. It's, I said, if I don't start it, no, somebody else might. And maybe do something crooked with it when this is just pure. This is about having us laugh. You know, be be silly together and bring back music. And, um, I mean, there's a zillion things we got to do.
Okay, so now going back to on February 26th, it's four women in your community. Mm -hmm. What is your community? Um, well, I'm in a mobile home trailer park right by the Honda dealership. And um, when COVID hit, there was just a lot of um, things going around the neighborhood. And um, things were getting closer to home because I actually thought COVID wasn't even real. I was like, what? Ah, you know, I was a rebel. No, let's go to the beach. No mask. But then they forced us. And then it was kind of creepy because I'm a very social person. So that was like caging an animal. That was not good. Yeah, it's it's like they want you to be healthy. But don't do healthy things like connect with each other and go out and talk to people and exercise and move and connect. And no, stay home, isolate yourself mm -hmm. and then take this vaccine such bullshit yeah uh but yeah. what do you do mm -hmm. because if you don't do what they say then you can get in trouble and and i have never really been one that i'm very hard-headed if i see something i'm gonna do it if i want to do it i'm gonna do it and mm -hmm. so it really didn't affect me personally except for the fact when i would see things and then get irritated with people that were like following all of the guidelines and then mm -hmm. you know so and then it's funny when you look at in hindsight, you look back at the efficacy or the the how how effective that vaccine actually was. First, they came out and said a hundred percent, and then they said okay, ninety nine percent, ninety percent, eighty nine, seventy six. Oh, we kicked what the hell? And uh -huh. then there's no recourse. Mm -hmm. And between me and you, I think as I'm looking at the death of my little sister. Yeah, that could have played a major role. She literally had she had certain issues, but not life death issues like health issues. She got diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. um, she had a couple of other things, mm -hmm. but not where she was going to die, you know, yeah. so and then just literally out of nowhere. And then we did the toxicology report and she didn't she didn't overdose it wasn't anything like that either so no it's like, lethal um like high ranges of anything to take her life no, no yeah yeah there was crazy. no overdose there was no exactly so that's why mm -hmm. it's like because in my mind i was thinking ah, she'd like to take a little xanax here and there maybe mm -hmm. she got a hold of one of those xanaxes that had the uh fentanyl in it and maybe right. the fentanyl got her mm -hmm. my mind mm -hmm. well it came back and then there was a, I ended up getting two autopsies because the one, the medical examiner first declined jurisdiction. They said, no, we're not going to do a, a, an autopsy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want you to, no, that's not how it works, sir. I'm like, what do you mean? That's not how it works. Well, once we decline jurisdiction, that's it. We're not doing an autopsy. And I'm like, what? what? Because she died of natural causes. I'm like, what are you talking about? She is 34 years old. People don't just die like out of nowhere. There's got to be some kind of connection to yes. something. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't, there wasn't any uh, drug, you know, uh, what, what do they call it? Like uh, tracks or, or any kind of paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. And she had a medical record. So we just made the executive decision that that's, it was natural causes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys need to do an autopsy. I'm telling you, she had issues here and... Long story short, I'm persistent like you are, and mm -hmm. I basically called them and I said, okay, well, this is a problem because now I'm going to have to get attorneys involved and mm -hmm. we're going to have to do a, um, oh, what, 
a restraining order. Now nobody can touch the body and this is just going to be a really bad situation. And then the next day I had gone to her old doctor mm -hmm. and wanted to try to get him to call mm -hmm. to convince them and influence them. Mm -hmm. Well, they had already got the body first thing in the morning, but they didn't say anything. They didn't tell me. They didn't tell. They just got the body to take it to do the autopsy. Mm -hmm. So then I had some other information. I called the medical examiner. I said, hey, could you make sure you look at certain areas because it could have been nefarious and I want to, and they're like, what does that word mean? Nefarious means like bad intent or bad. Like somebody like, could have tampered with her? Yes. Yeah, okay. So somebody could have done something criminally right. or to hurt her. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the neighbor downstairs at four, four o'clock in the morning or somewhere in that thereabouts heard a thump and then walked outside and but didn't see anything. And then my mom and anyway, there's it's a long story. But yeah. the fact is that I called the medical examiner wanting them to get that information. Mm -hmm. But instead of saying, OK, sir, we'll look into it. They were like, no, we do a very thorough job. So pretty much nothing that you tell us is going to make us do anything differently or look at anything differently. And then I was like, because what happens is if I tell you that the number four is going to win the horse race, now I have committed and I've said number four is going to commit, you know, going to win the horse race. Well, if number five wins, I'm going to try to spin it to say that I was still right about number four winning. Like if you didn't know, oh no, it was number four or number four couldn't do it. And they would have, number four would have won, but they couldn't because of whatever reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's, I've said it, now I have to back myself up so mm -hmm. I don't look like an idiot. Right. And that's, in my mind, what was happening. They're saying, no, it was, and so I was afraid they were going to come back saying natural causes mm -hmm. because that's what they said to begin with. Mm -hmm. I don't trust that. So yeah. I got another autopsy company involved. They picked my, picked my sister up and then um, did it. And, and I got two conflicting reports. So which one do I believe? Whoa. Whoa, I know. It's some bullshit. And so this is literally one of those situations where it's like, you just got to give it up because mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do that I'm going to know. And and it's as simple as that. So as, as hard as it is, that's as simple as it is. So What do you feel to... in your heart, though? I mean, what do you really feel? I Did she have sleep apnea? She did have sleep apnea. Oh, okay. So that yeah. could have been something. I think, I think she something. just stopped breathing in her sleep, sir. I really do. Yeah. Honestly. I don't feel like anything really serious like was like this deficit, like this trauma thing. I don't think so at all. I think that dump was her falling or I don't know. Maybe a chunkla came off. I don't know. Yeah. But I have sleep apnea. And, and, and I do can, too. It can take you. It took my friend Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy um, from the rock plant. He was only about that age. He was 34. He had three children, a wife. They were on the verge of divorce. They, they reconnected. Everything's good. Grand boom. Took them in his sleep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've and I've also woken up where I couldn't breathe, and then it's really? taken me a second. Right, and then now, had I been taking other medication, right, that uh -huh. didn't that I wasn't like this, right. Yeah, it's possible. So yeah. that's definitely one of those things. Yeah, again, we don't know, and yeah. and that that's comforting to hear that, and and that's what I want to also believe too. But again then I have to think about it like, okay, well, because there's so maybe take better care of yourself because you don't, I mean, you still have children to raise too. Right. Right. And, Absolutely. and does she have any children? Two. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I know. And, um, oh, they're I'm sorry. 
15 and 12, or they were in that ballpark. I don't know the exact ages. I can't remember. But, but yeah, horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Is. And and thank you for doing that second autopsy just to double check. And I'm sorry you didn't get what you were seeking, but you yeah. know it's going to be a tricky one if you just went in your sleep because you stopped breathing. That's how we all wish we could go. I agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I uh, agree. I'm sorry to make it sorry. No, <laughs> no but, take but, me like that. That's yeah, what I've been I, talking to my mom about. It's a about. dream come true. Yeah. Even with the, I'm sorry the little ones got left behind, but I know you got you have a lot of love in your family. I'm sure everything's right. going to work out just fine. But you know. It's just about the, it's, it's easier to like, it, it feels like I'd get justice if there's something or someone to blame, yes. you know, yes. and it'll yes. make me feel peace. But the thing is, is, um, you know, God's, God's ready to take our babies. We're babies yep. and God's ready to take us whenever it's his timing. We're not God, you know, we can't say, or, I mean, we can't, you know, we're not yep. God. So he, he's good all the way through and through. And if you want to ask him later, you could. You know? Right. And you'll get all your answers. But until then, you got to have peace. You know, you got to have a lot of peace because you're going to see her. You're totally going to see her. And you're going to see her in her best form. No schizophrenia. I mean, a perfect, you know, you're sissy. You're okay. Give me your hand. You're okay. Hey, you need strong people too sometimes. You don't always have to be so damn strong. You know? I realize that for myself. Give me a hug. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Scotty, oh, my God. How long have you been holding that? Too long. Oh, there's, I mean, it's that's. It's not our fault. Some of this I stuff know. is our fault. Some of it we can take responsibility right. for. Well, we could have probably called em her more. Emotions are a very something. powerful thing. You know? But yeah. see, here's the thing. Like, I, I, yes, I hold it, but emotions are a very powerful motivator. Yeah. The reason that you have the ink or the, the what's the, not inks, the, the oomph that you have was is from your emotions. It's from your emotions of being in a particular situation and that you've seen you've seen the other side and you don't want to you don't want that for yourself or for anyone else because mm -hmm. you know how it hurts. Mm -hmm. You know that how that feels and you don't want it. And so that emotion powers your involvement with the community and to make things better. I feel the same way. I have a ton of emotions inside. Yeah. Like how I feel like I'm a nuclear bomb inside, <laughs> right? And then I've like if you look around here, you see musical instruments, chalkboards, like all of these cameras and everything that I can put that I can put together to pull it out of me, mm -hmm. to pull this like what is it supposed to be? I don't know mm -hmm. exactly. So I'm trying to do everything I can because I have a lot of of emotions that are inside because of yes i've had some traumatic experiences in my life like mm -hmm. we all have right but i also understand that we have the choice of saying you know what i'm a victim mm -hmm. or i am a student and i'm going to look at what happened mm -hmm. and i'm going to learn from it and i'm going to take that situation and take that information and push it towards something better not just for myself but I think the ultimate satisfaction is like in life is when you have a traumatic event and you use that to help other people. And that more than anything else gives you purpose in life. And so you're that's... creeping me out right now. <laughs> you're creeping me out right now because I got to read this thing really quick. And I read it. I wrote it this morning. It's exactly what you said right there. It's weird. Sorry. I no, know you have no worries. To raise and things to do, but it's kind of creepy. So, your nervous system will naturally feel calm around people with pure intentions and authentic energy. Trust it. <clears throat> so, 
that was somebody else's little spiel, right? Mm -hmm. I ported it and I said, I struggle with this one big time. Now that I am tr so transparent with myself, I can easily spot the fakery. I don't want any part of it. I have come too far. Why go backwards? But that wasn't the one I was speaking of. It's this one. Oh, here it is. Okay. So people who have overcome darkness in their life typically have a fire inside of them that is almost impossible to extinguish. Forwarded that one because that's true. And unless we become the victim to the, the tragedy and we stay exactly where we're in that dark space and we never be fruitful because we're listening to a lie that we have to stay so, you know, like we have to pay for it. We have to have this oof, you know, we can't yes. move forward. Guilt. But that's, yes, guilt, shame, all those other mm -hmm. little things that aren't the fruits of the spirit, you know, hello, hello. Um, we can we can think and go, is this really godly? Is this a fruit of the spirit? And most likely it's not because it's bringing you misery. So in order to pluck those weeds, I like to call them plucking the weeds, you got to take in each individual one and speak truth to it and ask God to speak truth to it. Because it could be like some of them were big girls don't cry. One of my counselors, big girls don't cry. So she never cried. She got, you know, she got her spankies, wouldn't cry. Right. So she grew up stiff as a board, you know, we just don't cry. And then she realized, wait a minute. <laughs> big girls do cry we all cry and so she had a big triumphant moment where she was able to cry it was huge it was groundbreaking you know so that's just one of the millions of weeds i mean it could be um you're never going to public speak because you know you get panic attacks when you public speak so you can't do these things you know and it says okay is that true and it, and it was for a lot of years it was true but then now it's like, it's not true. As a matter of fact, there's probably other kids that worry. Can I speak, you know, good enough up there? Can I read good enough up there? And they can see somebody as old as me saying, I own it. I struggle with it. It's okay, kids. Just get through the sentence. Whatever it takes to get that much, a little bit better and improve yourself for yourself, you can do it. Look at me. It took me 20 years. And it's okay. It's totally okay to be imperfect. You know, yes. what do we want for ourselves? We want happiness, joy, you know, the good things that are still left in the earth. But this is what's telling us how to live. Right? So More this is... anything else, probably. This, so I forwarded that one, right? And I said this. Yes, kings and queens, because we have to remember we're kings and queens of the highest king, right? Because it's like we're... we're, um, we're it's like we're the daughter of the, of the king, right? But I say kings and queens because our men, when we get married, I believe they're the king of the household, you know? Um, not the Lord or anything. I'm not trying right. to say we're, we're gods, you know? But yeah. I'm just saying. There's and that, a specific and, role. Yeah, and the protector. women is treated like a mm -hmm. queen. You know, it's 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 a royalty. I mean, you can have just top ramen, but you can make it as glamorous top ramen as you want it to be. Almost, I'm jealous of that top ramen. Look at how special that top ramen is. Look at how much effort that has been put into that top ramen. He picked one of the roses, stuck it in there. You know what I mean? That top ramen is the shit, right? And then you got cavi caviar over here. And this girl has no idea how much... You know, no relationship. Yeah. Zero. Not connecting. See, so which life do you want? I want the top ramen, man. That top ramen, that husband knows how to do it right. Because when he gets the million, he's going to treat me just like this. And we're going to talk about when we had top ramen.
Know what I mean? And over here, watch. When he's down and out, she... Next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out. Know what I mean? Yep. So I'd have the top ramen any day. It, it, you know, love is not, you can't, you can't fake. Good Isn't stuff. this good stuff? I'm, I'm just listening and I'm, I'm thinking how it's going to sound on the other side. And, and I do think that, that there are things that we're talking about and mentioning that other people need to hear. So it's, you do? that's the whole point of, oh my yes, God. yes, okay. I do. I, okay. I think this is good. Okay. So. February 26th, you're doing this event. It's for for the women. Mm -hmm. And you have, where is it going to be at? It's going to be at the clubhouse at 995 Pomona Road in Corona, right next to the Honda dealership. So it's in the mobile home park, but we have a community center right there. So it's going to be there. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then I know that there's another event that you have coming up. Is that still on? I hope so. I, uh, first one I've got to focus on is my ladies. After that, I'll hit the ground running. So there's a lot of nonprofits that want to probably be part of it. Or uh, we have a Cinco de Mayo. We're bringing that back this year in Corona. So even if I took some of the resources in the pop-ups, I can have them there at the Cinco de Mayo parade because I'm supposed to be part of that committee. So What resources are you talking about? Um, just like for our homeless folks, like why don't we have IDs? I want to be able to get vouchers for IDs or be able to get them on the spot. Um, we need to know because there's a new system that's like Uber and Lyft so we can get our folks to and from work. Um, but it's supposed to be at the rate of the RTA system. So it's called um, Micro Transit and it's an app on your phone. Um, there's just a lot of things. And this is something that is a directive from the city or like or how are they yes. giving you resources to... they're giving me resources because we have a round round table discussion once a month where we meet with our folks on that are homeless or city just council your company members. or these are other nonprofits. no or... this is the city of riverside it was okay. an initial meeting i got invited to so this is already months ago and so when i went i it's just so happened i got invited to this meeting and then i got really involved in it because i slept in the bathroom off Lincoln Street in Corona, and I've been on the streets. I've been in the elements. They're not nice. So people trust me, and we get solutions. And I do see the fruits of the labor. I have people that tell me, um, you know, that we're at the access center, literally in a tent right outside there. And, um, I mean, we don't even know what suffering is, let me tell you. Anyhow, they uh, there was a couple. They were only homeless 30 days, and this gentleman was 77 years old, and they wouldn't switch a bunk. They gave him a top bunk and he wasn't able to get up there. They humiliated him watching him trying to get up there. And this man came from money. His wife came from money. And they were both out there going, we don't know what the hell to do. And I said, well, we're, we're going to try to do what we can do. So they thought I had a $60 million grant on the line. And that was the only way I could talk to the head. And she came out and it was awful. She, the, how I got treated was pretty awful. She said, oh, I is having a problem with the procedures around here. And I said, well, there's no problem with the procedures. I was just wondering, can we ask if we could switch for the bed? And so that's, and I go, and I know for a fact we could because we, you have an employee that used to work here that said we can, you know? So she just, it just wasn't happening. So the, that man spent eight nights in 39 degree weather with his wife until he finally got a bus pass to get to Pennsylvania. In Texas, she calls me, we're starving. We just want to eat. We have our bus pass, but we're really hungry. I only had $7.50 in my wells, but I sent it. They ate and they made it to Pennsylvania. They messaged me with pictures saying, Marissa, we made it. We made it. We made it. 
And then she messaged me um, not too long ago and said, can you talk? And I said, are you okay? And she goes, I want to go home, home, home. <laughs> you know, so see, it's just. How did they get in touch with you in the first place? Um, I just, I talked to my community over there on, on the outside of the Pathway to Life Shelter. Because the Pathway to Life Shelter, there's 90 beds. So they were having a hard time. They talked to somebody. Somebody said, hey, you should talk to Marissa. They called you or how? No, I was building my relationships out there and they opened up to me. So you just, you walked to the place? Or yeah, you... I, I pass out food. I, I do less than 50 because city council or city uh, code enforcement, you can't feed more than 50 or else you can get a ticket. So I have to bring only 48 meals or 48 Gatorades or 24 packs. Hold on a second. Giving away. You can't give away more than 50 meals without... What? I can understand if you're trying to sell something and then you have your whole thing and... Well, maybe they think that you won't... It's maybe if you don't have healthy food or something so yeah i, I mean i guess there it's probably a health and safety issue. yeah yeah okay so, I, I can so i guess i can see that you just gotta think about it for a second yeah we have to strategically um uh, plan the meals so sometimes i'll do 48 of something but i had to slow down because i was putting myself in the poorhouse helping the others and but so this was out of your own pocket or did you have it how was, it was out of my own pocket <laughs> That, and then you just made sandwiches or what did you do? Yeah, what kind we of made meals? sandwiches. I mean, we made, um, at one time I had this big igloo. So we put a, I put a lot of hot water in it and then we just had a cup of noodles. And then I said, let's create our table. I had this one um, thing that popped out that was like a picnic bench. And, you know, we put the igloo and I was like, come on, let's come in. Let's talk. What's up? You know, what's going on out here? Let's find out. I brought a portable toilet. It was a medical toilet. But I said, if you get put a 13 gallon trash bag in there, we could just empty it out once it's certain. You know, we're camping, people were camping. Like I was mentally telling them like what we had to do to survive. So right now hmm. I'm work working with Dr. Larissa Villarreal. Anyway, she makes a lot more money, <laughs> but she's very smart. She came from LA and she was homeless solutions officer over there. So Riverside, city of Riverside um, hired her to come over here and implement some of the programs that she was doing over there. And she is a breath of fresh air. She's so sweet. I love how she, I love her presence. I love everything that she's doing and bringing to the IE. So I'm very honored to call her a friend. So um, actually this Thursday is our meeting. So if you want to go, you can. And it's specifically regarding homelessness. And that is in the city of Riverside. Got it. So I'm trying to figure out. So I, I think that a lot of people get into the nonprofit sector because they want to help. But I feel like. There are also people that get in not because they want to they want to help themselves and because when when you're telling me that there's a 77 year old man wanting to sleep on the top bunk i would imagine that anybody that had a heart that wasn't a complete ass would look and say okay yeah hey you 25 year old hey you 35 year old yep why and, don't you get on the top bunk yes and they were willing it was because of the procedures of Pathway to Life that they said, hell no. And they let that man be out there. So hold on a second. So so the procedures say that, it, so I, I imagine it's a first come first serve basis and that's how, that's yeah, how you get packed. your, okay. Yeah. So it would cause too much of a problem to say number 34 and number 35 switch and then now you're number 34 and you're number 35 right and that it would was be probably going to be a lot of paper pushing or they just don't want to be bothered but there was a 
man who um, was saying that he did used to work for that side and that they were able to do that. But I don't know what. And kind you of found out that by bringing advocating, a table, advocating, talking, and and giving food and yes. just seeing what the problems are. I even are. recorded her talking. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting. Yeah. So now. I, I, my mind's going, pew, 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 pew. I know that's how my so, mind goes too. So when you, so this is, this was all from your own pocket. You set that stuff up. Are you still doing that? Like, is there a regular, do you I have think, a schedule I, of yourself doing things? I was doing it every other day, if not every day for a minute there. But, um, uh, during my Christmas event, I did have my friend Marshall who contributed $500. We did random acts of kindness with that one. And then, uh, my other friend, Joanna, who has this huge coronavirus idea about a wall in the city of Corona, cause her brother passed away, unfortunately due to COVID. Um, she has this brilliant idea and she's like, Marissa, is there any way I said, Hey, Jackie Casillas, that's our girl. And there's. Um, like a big uh, South Co is coming where we're, we're redoing the downtown of Corona. And I said, wouldn't that be beautiful? Coronavirus uh, wall, uh, Corona victory, you know, a wall right there in the crown, in the middle of the crown. I mean, it would be beautiful because it's going to pulse out, you know, good, good spreads. Mm. Like it's substantial, like when it's really pure, you know. So we want to bring honor to all these people that, you know, stuff has happened and we're not going to ignore it. We're going to talk about it because it's okay. It's totally okay to talk about it. If we don't, we're just going to keep bottling all this stuff in and we're never going to get anywhere. The world will just keep getting worse and worse and worse. What do you think the different... How many people do you think that are homeless are homeless because of drugs compared to people that are homeless because of mental disorders compared to people that are homeless because they lost their job? Well, right now, because of COVID, that'd be really hard to say because um, sometimes both incomes got affected by COVID and sometimes it was only one. So it took a minute to get homeless or sometimes you were already living in your car. So n nothing's changed. I mean, there's a that's that's one of the things is we need to know our people, because another thing is we're not even housing um, our sex offenders. And if you take a piss at a Dodger stadium, you have to register as a sex offender. If a police officer pulls you, you know, hey, it's indecent exposure. So we have to know our clients because some of those people, I mean, we're how dare us to say you can't sleep in a bed and have this humanity on you because you had to register. So it's different cases. And then if you want to go this far, if you step over a few continents, I mean, you're allowed to marry a nine-year-old girl. So we have also people coming from other countries with um, their own cultures and their own standards, and they're trying to get used to United United States one. And even in some of our states here, we can have multiple wives, we can have young wives. I mean, we have to think about this stuff. We can't just keep pushing and pointing fingers. It's never gonna get us anywhere. We have to really think about it and have compassion and empathy and understand we're all cray cray. <laughs> That's for damn sure. You know, we, we don't all have it together and it's totally good though. Because then we connect and we go, hey, you're human. Oh, you're made of flesh too. You bleed like me. Woo, cool. Who would have thunk it? We got to remember, we ain't nothing. That's the truth. So a lot of people are too busy with their lives to give a damn. A lot of people are trying to sell their house. A lot of people have motives where, again, it's they want to help themselves. And so it becomes very difficult to have those people slow down, you know, a long, long enough to look around because they're so focused. 
So you definitely have your work cut out for you. And I just, you know, I, there was a, there was a research study done and they actually took, I think it's, it was a seminary school, people that were going to school for, you know, to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. And they did this research study where they had a meeting and they said, after this meeting, you guys need to make it down the block to this other place. Okay. And there were two groups. The first one, they're like, Hey, just get there whenever you want. Mm -hmm. the second group, they said, Hey, we're already running late. We got to go. And they had an actor act like he was dying, like on their path. Mm -hmm. And what they found was the ones that were just strolling that didn't have a particular time to be there uh -huh. stopped and helped hey are you okay sir that kind of stuff oh the ones that had a place to be hey we're running late we got to get over there right now mm -hmm. even these are people that were going to school to be a pastor mm -hmm. right so these are good salt of the earth people that are helping mm -hmm. that's what their life purpose is is to help and they did not stop because they were busy because they had to get to somewhere now and they mm -hmm. were late mm -hmm. so on the other side, you know, I do believe that there are a lot of good people with mm -hmm. good hearts mm -hmm. that are just too damn busy and they're too stressed out because they're in the rat race. They got to make their mortgage payment. They got to pay their car payment, their insurance, mm -hmm. their, their schooling, their kids schooling, mm -hmm. or they're sick or they're, you know, and so they have a lot of problems. And this was my thing, you know, back when when, so me and my daughter got kind of got into it because of BLM. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when the whole BLM thing came out, so my black lives matter. Mm -hmm, oh, okay. My, uh -huh. my thing about that was like, you are telling people that you need to stop your problems right now, debt and stickness and, you know, all of these things, and then focus that on this problem over here that, that is not necessarily touching you specifically right now, but, but, and if you don't do this, you're racist or you're, you know, so it wasn't about black lives not mattering. It mm -hmm. was about people understanding that just because somebody doesn't want to focus on your problem right now, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're racist. Doesn't mean that they don't care about people. Doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Right. They're they're drowning in their own sorrows and problems and issues. Mm -hmm. They're drowning and they can't even pull themselves out, much less something or somebody else that's foreign to them at the point at, at that right. moment. Mm -hmm. So so I think that that there needs to be an understanding on both sides of of the people that have shit that are doing shit. Hey, mm -hmm. pull the reins. Yeah. Check out there are people that that could actually Use your help mm -hmm. and you could be something of value to somebody mm -hmm. that's really important that is actually trying. Because over here, you got people, how we justify things. Right. Uh, drug dealers. They're homeless because if they wanted to have a home, they would have a home. Mm -hmm. Or they're doing drugs or it's not my problem. They're shitting on the sidewalk. They're pissing in the alleyways. They're leaving their trash in people's places, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so no, I'm not, I don't care about that. But so, so there is, that is happening. There are instances where people that are homeless are doing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it makes people mad. Yeah. So, and destroying businesses and, and destroy businesses. And then, yeah. so you have people that are good people in certain contexts, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, 
screw that. I don't give a shit. They, they want to act like that. They want to act like rats. They're going to live like rats, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So then now I don't have to feel bad mm -hmm. because I had just disconnected myself from then, mm -hmm. them, because that, that's a they. That mm -hmm. is not us. Right. That's them. And mm -hmm. it, you see that like curtain. And now I can be a good person. And I can write a check to this nonprofit and I can help this old lady across the street and I can do this. But on that particular topic, I don't, I'm, I'm checked out. I don't care mm -hmm. now. So, so then for the people that are, are homeless, like there's got to be an understanding for them too, because they got to understand that over here, you have people that are drowning in their own way, right? right? They, they can't understand and be compassionate because they don't know your pains because they're so in their own shit that right. they can't see left or right because yeah. they're stressed out trying to figure out how they're going to pay the bills. And so there's got to be some way where you can help them understand, help them understand. And I think what you're doing is definitely a good start to that. I mm -hmm. think that you are turning heads. I think that you are making a difference. I think that you are making the world a better place, <laughs> right? With, with your example. And I think that's that's really great. And I know that when you do the right things for the right reasons, mm -hmm. synchronicities happen. The number 26, right? <laughs> yes. Number 26, yes. the heart. You came over here, you saw a, a little heart on the thing. I have walked past that. You know how many times? Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot. I've never seen it there, right? Mm -hmm. But then it took you to say, hey, look at this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, that's cool. And I took a picture because that was pretty darn cool and you know? if you think about it our rays of vision what do we see first i mean you can tell where, where a person's coming from sometimes for their heart if you that's why they have personality tests what do you see first you know mm -hmm. think about it butterfly you know oh so a madman because they're they're wondering who are you you know they're 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 doing their little tricky ways of finding who are you and we can find out right away how do you see the world is it going to hell in a handbasket well that's apparent but, or do you see all the gorgeous things that we still have here and the breath we take and the life we still have? And we, I mean, if you get back to the village times, who was good at the water? Who was good at tending to the kids? Who built the fire? They, they laughed. They, they danced. They had stories. They were happy. Where do we go wrong? Where do we go wrong? Right. All these bells and whistles and economy and uh, status quotas. I mean... Come on, we missed it. So we could get back to it. I know it, I already see it. I see it every day, I see Miracle Wednesday. I wake up. Yeah, <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> I, up. I woke up today. Um, <laughs> but you know what? There's just a lot of things that we can do. And my logo is work smarter, not harder. So it seems impossible for some of these people that are in you know, higher positions to go, Marissa, I got 150. Well, that's okay, because that's me. If I lose yes. my peace, I got to call, I got to answer to somebody else, but you're not my Lord. You're not my Lord. And you bleed the same as me. And I'm very proud of all your accomplishments, but I'm in my own life. And a lot of people are intimidated by that. They want to, they want to go, no, but I want to make you what I want you to be. And it's like, why? Why do you have to control people? I, oh, I'm the biggest control freak. <laughs> Woo, I'll claim that one first. Hey. I'm not lying. The biggest control freak. But I realized that's one of my big problems. I got to step out and go, it's not about me. 
So. What is your advice for somebody that is busy that, I mean, even if somebody that like on city council that has the ability to make things happen, but what is something they can do personally, not business wise, but them personally, like they wake up, they brush their teeth, they take a dump, mm-hmm. they get dressed and they walk out and said, okay, what am I going to do today? Right. Mm-hmm. What What's something that they can do to help you? Well, Love Foundation is asking this of people because we've never asked for money or donation. If people have given anything, it's been from their heart or they want to be part of this whole thing. Okay. But what I ask of people is one hour out of the month, one hour out of the month. And if you go 30 days times 24 hours, I mean, we got a lot of hours in there, right? So one hour out of the month, we do something that's not for ourselves. It's not for evil purposes. It's not a Facebook shout out, but it's something pure and no one knows about it. And you can either, you know, you bought somebody's coffee or you donate that hour to a a place where you could teach a class, acrylic painting, I don't know, drums. Um, I'm going to do it actually next Wednesday or I'm sorry, tomorrow. Tomorrow's my first class, Corona Care. I'm donating an hour to do an exercise class outside to let them know, hey, our hearts are still pumping. We're alive. We got wisdom. We're, I mean, we still got a lot of life in us. What are we going to do with the rest of it? I mean, that's going to be in a, a phenomenal class because in those beds, they're sick and it's a rehab so that we could free up the beds because it's proven when we feel happy and we, we feel our best, then our bodies will heal. But if we're sad and our families aren't visiting us, what do you think the progress of our body's healing is? It's going to be slower. Yeah. yeah. So we need to free up those beds. So I'm offering that one hour. And I had another lady that was like, I'll go with you. And we're going to have a ball and we're going to pass it sometimes. So we'll take turns. I mean, there's not going to be a big curriculum, but I bet you they're going to have the best day ever. I know I will. And I'm sure she will too. So it's just a tiny something. So for the busy folks like myself, one hour a month is I think it's not too much to ask. It's not money. I, I think you know, you're right. I, I also think that there are people willing to do that. Yeah. But my question is, what what do you tell people that are like, Marissa, I want to do that. I think that's great what you're doing, that you actually stepped outside of your comfort zone and you're you're giving an hour and you're doing things for other people. I want to be like you, Marissa. I want to be like that, but I'm so busy and I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to call. I don't know what to do in order to get out there. I've been, I'm so used to doing what I do, going to the job that I go to, coming home, fixing dinner for the kids and doing what I do. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to begin. So where would you say they can begin? Where? How would you tell them to do something? Well, I would find out what's their talent, what makes them tickle fancy, like what makes their, you know, gets them excited because most likely that's their talent. That's their gift to bring to someone, children, elders. I mean, there's a lot of people we could be of service for, but first of all, find out what that is because we need to do as much of that, whatever that is, as much as we can before we pass. Cause it's whatever it is, it brings you the most joy. So if you can teach a class on it and be happy an hour a month, then maybe that will improve your life where you want to do more of those special things in your life every day. And teach your kid how to have those and remember and and also our kids already have their gifts you know we have to remember they already have their little personality and gifts we're here to guide them but they're already their own little person you know so there's a lot of cool things we're doing i mean there's there's it's gonna it's gonna grow and i never bit off more than i can chew 
because I, I'm smart about that. I don't want to say I'm going to do something and not do it. I'm all about what I say I'm going to do, you know? So um, that's why I haven't taken any offers for business-related things because uh, no thank you, sir or ma'am, because I want this thing to really produce the way it's supposed to. And it's not about, hey, we need this funding and that funding and what are we, you know, it's it's going to be peaceful and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be what it's supposed to be, you yeah. know, and we can bridge gaps. So, yeah, you know what? I like that idea. I like the philosophy. I just see that at some point there is an intersection because one of the biggest problems with the non profit sector mm -hmm. is the business businessality right, right? because they want to help they want to have <laughs> innocent and pure intentions and they don't want the corporate person to come in and and mm -hmm. dirty the water muddy the water right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but there at some point comes a time where you know, hope like the idea is that you get a corporation or corporate or not even a corporate, maybe it's a small business owner that is trying to do something good for his community, right? And that he can help in, in a way. And so, so that will, you know, at some point there, you, you gotta, in order for you to survive, right? you got to bring in sustenance right. and sustenance for you. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I'll tell you one of the most interesting uh, conversations from USC that I've had. Uh-huh. The... Oh, where did I put... Oh, there's my drink. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm listening. So, this class was called Business Feasibility. Uh-huh. And we had to come up with a business idea, and then we had to take it from launch all the way through and do all of the different setups, you know... Did you have a per cut, uh, ribbon cutting at the end? No, no, we didn't. Oh, okay. we, not just on paper, mm -hmm. like on paper. And then we had to identify the vendors and then communicate with vendors and literally do the market survey of, hey, is this a feasible business? Mm -hmm. Right. But I thought I had the best idea <laughs> and it was using my nonprofit, my Unsung Hero Foundation. Mm -hmm. Unsung Hero is something that is near and dear to my heart, right? Mm -hmm. Because the people that are that truly care, those are the unsung heroes, the real ones. Mm -hmm. Not your heroes, you know, the unsung heroes. So mm -hmm. what I what I put together in my mind was a community. A community that just by joining, you're going to help others. And the idea was that in order for you to join, you had to write down a dream, a challenge, and a goal. And in because most people, and I did this, I've talked to a lot of businesses and I've talked to a lot of people and I've asked even entrepreneurs, even successful people, mm -hmm. did you ever write down your dreams? And there's maybe like 5% of them that did. I'd say 10 at the max. Like most people don't write down their dreams. And it's so important to manifest what you want is to write it down, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So write down your dream, write down a challenge and a goal. But to be accepted, you had to help a dream, a challenge and a goal. Oh, okay. Like a pyramid. It's not, it's, I don't. 
I don't or, know. Or kind of like a pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. where it's like, in order to be part of the community, it's an active community. You can't just say, hey, I'm part of that. No, 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 no. To be part of that, you have to do something, right? Right. A dream, a challenge, and a goal. And how much of a better world would we have if everybody's helping each other make their dream come true? Mm-hmm. What if just by knowing who you know, somebody in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, mm-hmm. wanted to move over here and work at an asphalt company or wanted to wanted to have a job somewhere in California. Mm-hmm. And because of your connection, you could literally, by a phone call, make somebody's dream come true. Mm-hmm. How amazing would that be, right? Yeah. So... I'm like, this is the greatest idea ever. <laughs> and so after class, we were walking and I and I I was like, hey, I got an idea. He's like, what is it, Scotty? Mm-hmm. I told him, a dream, a challenge. And he looks at me, because we stopped. He looked at me and he's like, Scotty. And I thought he was gonna say, Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> he's like, that's the stupidest fucking idea I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I said, it, I was shocked, but immediately impressed because that kind of candor you don't get from people. Right. And I and like I tremendously respected him from saying that to me because don't be. I do, too. And he's like, listen, who is the number one philosopher philanthropist in the world Mm -hmm. at that time? It was 2015. Bill Gates. Oh, okay. Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he has the most money. He says, Scotty, this is a business feasibility class. You go and you make money and create and produce profit margin. And now once you have that profit margin, you go make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Business feasibility. So that does play a part in survival. And mm-hmm. it will come to that to you at some point. Like mm-hmm. because you run out of resources at some point. Right. So that's why you connect yourself to the city. That's why you connect yourself. So so maybe if if everything's through the city, but then the city also has their own agendas. Yeah, I don't right? want to be controlled. Right. I so, don't want to be controlled. I'll so, tell you that. And 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 I had a, a situation with an event that I did because I pulled in a couple because in order to get a couple of things. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Uh-huh. In order to to create some resources I had and then who I was teamed up with they didn't like that idea because they wanted everything and it was like no this is pure That's why this I didn't is get my nonprofit. I didn't want chairs right. I don't want a bunch of people yays and nays I said no so I got my LLC because so, I said God's trusting me with the money anyway so I might as well at least lock in the name and then I saw Shapiro who was on the same ballot as Trump is one of my mentors and I gave him a list of everything I needed to fin- finish my legitimize you know Saul was on this podcast was he mm-hmm. hi Saul. cool yeah no we we had a very interesting conversation he's an interesting man yeah, yeah i like i like Saul. he that was a really good it was a good podcast <laughs> I, if you listen to that you'll learn some real interesting things about that man mm. he's got some pretty interesting um synchronicities that have happened in his life as well mm-hmm. so anyway that I'm was sorry to get off subject with you but um I wanted to finish hearing your story, though. Yeah. I was just going to no, say that, that's why I didn't do the nonprofit. That, though, okay. that was the point is that mm-hmm. b- business feasibility and he, you know, and I, it shocked me, but it will come up. It, right. it will. It's it's inevitable because mm-hmm. in order for you, because I, unless you're Mother Teresa and even Mother Teresa. <gasps> that's my, that, <laughs> stop. 
Seventh grade, I dressed up like Mother Teresa. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I call myself, and nobody knows this. That's funny. I call myself the Mother Teresa 2023. Interesting. What does it mean, Marissa? I don't oh, know. Oh, my God. There's... That's weird. Yeah. It just means that you've seen too much. You're really in contact with God, and you have the same intuition as me, but you haven't been resting. So you get, like, you know, your... your um, the radio frequencies coming in are a little bit crooked because you don't get enough sleep. As soon as you get enough sleep, you'll know exactly what you're supposed to do. I'll guarantee that. <laughs> wow. You're a powerhouse. You don't give yourself enough credit, huh? That already answered my question. <laughs> you don't take compliments very well. That's okay. That's good. We're pure. It's okay. I know when people give me compliments, um, especially a significant other, it's like, I'm pretty, huh? You know, it's like, no, I'm not. I'm fat. I have stretch marks. You know, like I get all, no, yeah. no, no. You know, because I don't think that about myself. So we will never accept it. But I'm breaking those boundaries going, you know what? I, I kind of have a little bit of like, oh, well, well. You know, I'm like, <laughs> and that's okay. It didn't mean I was conceited. It meant that I'm accepting myself. Yeah. And that's an important thing. And especially with with everything and our egos and and how we're so connected to the phone and it's telling us how to be pretty and it's telling us how to be successful and what that means and that if you don't fit that cookie cutter mm -hmm. you're an outcast and therefore not as valuable and and it's in that i get that all the time i get a lot truth. of people that put me down i get a lot of people texting me saying how come you haven't brought me food yet you're phony you're part of the county i get a lot of different uh people that don't believe in me whatsoever, but it's okay. It's, it's totally fine. Um, because later on, sometimes, you know, it comes back to a conversation or I'll get to see them again and they know I wish them well and it's genuine or, you know, or I'll have to, in order to keep my peace, I have to know this isn't healthy for me anymore. Or, you know, there's just different things that I have to do for my own health. And I think they're completely okay. I'm sorry. I have to, if I'm not good, the rest of my clan isn't good, you know? Yeah. So that's, um, that's something I work on on a daily because I'm, I'm my worst enemy. Totally. I'm so mean to myself. Awful. So. I've been doing, uh, I get up in the morning and then I have a sauna. So I get in the sauna and then I do breathing exercises and stretch while I'm in there because I feel like with me again, I, I, uh, I have a lot of of mice up there you know with the wheels turning mm -hmm. and i need to slow myself down and i found that in order there, there's really two ways that you do that and one is by focusing on your breathing you literally can change your state of being by consciously using your breath in a particular way mm. and then also you can slow down those those mice by moving mm. by that's why they say by taking a walk by but again, it's funny because this is the Move podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. But move in connection to love. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that if you look at the actual definition of move, ambulation is taking something from here to there, right? And that process is our, and it's at the end of the day, it's our life, right? It's that journey. It's not the beginning and it's not the destination. It's everything that is in between. Mm -hmm. And so I try to use the things the tools that i've heard to to help and i it's helped me tremendously like i it was very mm -hmm. not 
where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I got into some rough waters and right. into some deep valleys, you know, in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And and again, the sleeping is definitely a big issue. But sleeping is one thing, and there are also other things that you can do, and that's where it's helped me. And so, yeah. if I can get that whole sleeping, I haven't got that dialed in yet because. You know, I wake up and it's two o'clock in the morning and right. then it's like it. Oh, it started. Oh, shit. OK, mm-hmm. so and then I try to do breathing and stuff like that. So it just it's just definitely one of those issues. I think you need to journal and don't worry, um, because probably when you journal, you're worried somebody might read it because it's like, am I a freak? Somebody's yeah. going to think. I'm oh, a I already know I'm you a know freak. I'm OK. With yeah, that. I know. Me too. <laughs> Me too. That's the thing is. But journaling will let you know that. Because you could reread what you were saying or thinking yeah. in your brain. Because sometimes it's hard to keep up with us. You know, it's hard oh, to keep up with us. I know. Believe me. You know me. what I mean? And that's, it's funny because I have a, so literally I have started where I, I literally have been doing that. You know? Good. Okay. Is, so you so, weren't journaling. Is that no. the vision I saw for you? Good. <laughs> it's Good. funny. Good. So, but, it, but that also has helped because it does take, you don't realize how many different thoughts are flying around in your mind Mm -hmm. and instead of and this is kind of like plucking it taking it here and having a place for it and then it allows you to build on top of it and and things like that and then there are moments of uncertainty and unrest um that i experience even like right now as we speak i am in a situation where i am redefining my future good for you and how i'm putting it together and so it is a it's very uncertain i the the way that i got here it's great it it is groundbreaking but the thing is is every so this has happened to me a couple times and this moment of trepidation and uncertainty and unrest and and holy shit like i don't i think that's the best way to describe it Mm -hmm. it's happened and then i had to redefine myself right which i did and there, w- there was a, a period of suffering. There was a period of uncertainty. And then what ended up happening is the gear actually, like, got engaged. <laughs> and I went, woo, right? <laughs> yeah. And here I am. I've landed here. And yeah. this is, you know, I've been very lucky. I have a, a studio. I've, you know, my family life is better than it's ever been. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. Like, Yes, you are. The amount of appreciation that I have, like the amount of appreciation is abundant. It is like, I'm so thankful, but not just from this, this, all all this shit could go away tomorrow. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. But it could go away tomorrow. But the, the true value, like my family, the things that I've been able to connect with, the people that I've been able to connect (laughs) with, the things that I've been able to learn from talking to people on this podcast and stuff like that, that is invaluable. And it's like, um, now, so, so I got here and something else happened that took away those legs, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now I have a huge mortgage. Mm -hmm. Now I have a huge responsibility because like now this is like two acres, whereas before I had, you know, and there are other Mm -hmm. things that I had no idea about having property and the, the responsibilities and the costs when something goes wrong. And so, mm-hmm. but home but, ownership. Yeah. Home, it's <laughs> yeah. not just home ownership. I had home ownership before this is property and home ownership. So, oh, so wow. there's other, there's more things that I didn't 
like just having a house, there's more, there's more cost. And also right. when people come in, it's like, Hey, this is a nice house. Well, automatically your invoice is going to be 30% higher than what they normally charge. And I've found that out a lot too. And it's like, man, uh, okay. Oh. It, it, but that's Are you fine. Serious? Oh, totally. It's happened so many times where I've told people, I'm like, all right, I obviously have sucker. It's not oh. that I have sucker that they see sucker. They say, hey, well, if somebody can afford to live here, they must have money coming out of their ass, right? So, yes. So they can, mm -hmm. and that's not the case. So, mm -hmm. but the point yeah. is, is that now I'm at a, in another sp spot in my life where I have to redefine and, and that's literally where we're at right now, mm -hmm. where I'm at is redefining. I'm putting everything together as we go and trying to make it the best that I possibly can mm -hmm. with my experience, with my passion, with my skills and with my resources. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the same boat. You're in the same boat. We're mm -hmm. all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. We're trying to do what we can to make the world a better place. Well, you just have to tell me what you want to do, how much you want to make and what location you want to be at. And then I can help you. And, so, you know, so, and is that what you do through the love foundation? That's just me because I'm a ball of resources and I don't hide away from the things that I know. That's the good thing is they're not for me to be all secret. I want as many people to know about these wonderful things like people that might have a, a felony and they're scared to apply for jobs. Well, mm -hmm. there's a lot of jobs that you'll, you'll be able to get or um, there's expungements through the DA right now. They're expunging them so we can get people... Um, union jobs you know at fedex and stuff because we we have a problem with manufacturing right now do you so. know somebody in the da area that that if somebody called you and they had an issue that you could hey talk to this person and to get an expungement to get an expungement yeah it's on my list yeah it's on my Wait, list what list are you talking about um i think it's called um care court care court it's a certain okay. program and so the da's are actually going to be coming out and have pop-ups where they're giving the information on how we can expunge the records. Okay, so you are doing a lot of things. You have your mm -hmm. hands in a lot of different areas. Yeah. And what is You it? haven't even heard about my music career yet. Your music career. Okay, so tell I'm me about that. I'm going to be in the studio next Tuesday with Sugar Freeze official DJ. He's going to be... Um, actually, he's doing a... He's with Warren G, um, DJ Bobby B. He's um he's doing a concert with Warren G, which I knew was gonna happen because Warren G, I'm a really big fan of Warren G, and um I have faith that he's gonna do my Love Foundation jingle, a rap version of it, him or Sugar Free, either one. I'll take either one. So, but your when you say your music career, are you saying because you're connected to them, or are you gonna actually be performing or writing it, or? Creating? It's not a performance. Um, DJ Bobby B, he has a professional studio. You know, I I haven't seen his studio, but I'm pretty sure it's phenomenal. Um, and I'm going to pay a hundred bucks for the hour and I'm going to get Presley Tennant or, well, I'm going to ask her if she could join me, um, uh, because Presley Tennant is going to sing my country version of my jingle with her guitar. Do you know who that is? I don't. Uh, she was on the voice four years ago. She's up and coming. She's a narco star. She's 20 years old now and she oh, opens cool. for boots in the park and she was there for three hours with my kids in my community for my Christmas event. Awesome. Yeah, we did a Cupid Shuffle everything. I mean, and then I just saw her at the gala. She sang for the national anthem. And so we were like, yee, when we saw each other. So she goes, is it okay if I strum my guitar for the country version? I said, yes, because I sent her a video of what I wanted. And she goes, I just love you because I acted like a choir instructor when I, and cut, you know, I was like, <laughs> so she was just like, I just love you. You're funny. So I already have that. And then um, also, 
Tara New, who's Trejo's music, Danny Trejo, you know, Machete, um, she sang a lullaby version. And she sent that to me because I got to meet her. And she's all about love and the movement, too, about we could do better. So she's a songstress. So I'm going to see if she can join me, too, because if we could get an hour of studio time, that would be incredible. Hmm. So that's next Tuesday. Very cool. Oh, and I already have a rock version, too. Okay. I, I like that. I, I literally just finished a book called The Addiction Formula that is music theory. Like the whole thing on how basically to, to create a song from scratch and all of that. And so I'd, okay. I'd like to be, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that works out. So just okay. keep in touch, send me send me something or, you know, okay. this it's interesting stuff. I like to see where this is gonna go too. Yeah, yeah. And you never know who comes into your pathway. You called me because you thought I was, you, you thought the number went was connecting you to a senator or something or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I just looked at my phone, I'm like, who is this? I'm like, Marissa, I don't remember, like, ma, but I have her in my phone. And then I answered the phone and it was like one of the craziest conversations I've had. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, I, and yes, I saved your number under something else. And I said, wait a minute. And then I remember it. I said, wait, I met him at the chamber. And I remember you were really ball of energy and personality. And I felt inspired by you. And then I remember you had a podcast because I had a vision of um, a podcast with four chairs. And actually, the guy that was going to invest me, invest in me and give me Love Foundation and help me get the website and everything else that I needed. Um, he had a podcast room with four chairs, just like my vision. And I said, oh, so I thought this is it. But I our relationship didn't end up working out because it was uh, it was going to be based on greed. That's just my personal decision. So I pulled out and good thing I did because I needed to rest for a year. So nice. Well, <sighs> Good and bad, right? Yeah. We have, we have oh, yeah. both. So absolutely. But absolutely. It, either way, this is great. It's it's if anybody wants, I don't think a lot of people that are homeless right now are listening to this podcast. The demographic for people that typically listen to there are twelve year olds. Mm -hmm. There are between twelve and and thirty four is this forty seven percent of the demographics of people that listen are between twelve and thirty four. Really? That's a huge. That's a huge amount of people yeah and a huge span of people but i would imagine people that are listening to this podcast are on the side of being busy and having a lot of problems i say problems a lot of responsibilities, responsibilities. maybe that's that's yes. it yes. so if somebody wants to do something they want your help or they want your advice or they want to help you mm -hmm. how can they get a hold of you well the best bet is instagram on president of love foundation and um, DM me where we met. It could be Scotty's podcast. It could be, um, you know, Path of Life Shelter. Um, it could also be all kinds of different places that I go. And what I do is I'll respond to you and we can either, if there's a question or if there's a resource you need, I just try, I try to send a screenshot. Like right now it's, it was showers, it was clothing, it's been transportation and different things. So what city of Riverside promised us a pamphlet and we got it with uh, real time phone numbers. So I put it on my president of Instagram um, because I do have that community that need help. So we were able to show where the showers were. And it's Presbyterian Church, you know, it's like certain days, but it, a good shower. They I'm just open you. their their bathroom up or their locker room up to showers or is it a 
I, uh, I haven't gone to the church. It's just on the docket of where you could go. It's probably two or three places in the city of Riverside that you can go to get a shower. And then another church gives out clothing. And then I just found out about the microtransit. I mean, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that people want to see people thrive and do well. And the more crevices you look in where there is just hurting, hurting individuals, the more we need people that have experience actually um that can show compassion that there is recovery and it's not it's not just a you have to be perfect all of a sudden it's you know they need to be touched they need to have a handshake they need to know what a warm meal looks like and also some some of our people don't even know what it's like to be at a dinner table with parents or or anything like that i mean it's just been hey i'm in a foster care and you know it could be your worst nightmare I mean, these, we don't know each other's lives. Let's just right. say that. Everything is, is different. It just depends on how we were raised, culture backgrounds, um, different things, you know, traumas, things that we think are okay with how we raise each other. I mean, in some cultures, I mean, it's completely okay to beat your woman's butt. Completely okay, you know? And right. so, um, you know, you beat them into submission. And it's it's totally okay. So we have to not pretend we're in this bubble and and actually kind of embrace each other and it's not even doing exactly what i'm doing you know it's just saying we're humans man we're humans we're meant to love and connect and be there for each other and build each other up when did we start to tear each other down so bad so that's what it is i mean there's just a lot of i mean the kids are easy the kids are easy even the worst of the worst kids, bring them to me. They're the easiest. It's it's the higher ups, guys. It's the governments. I mean, some of, I mean, some of the people sitting at the chairs. I see the work and I see the action, and I'm like, wow, here we go. We're doing it. And I'm not a political person. Government was not my forte. You know, it was not. I'm sorry, but and and I say that right away. But I'm learning because a strong person says this is what I'm weak at but I want to be excellent at it and what is it going to take to get excellent at this well I've been working on my body I want to get I want to eventually get some kind of a little six pack it, you know I know I'm not good at this I'm a food addict I'm an everything addict but you know I I I acknowledge this and I want to I want to work on it hard you know so we can do it and we can inspire each other cuz some of us are just we think there's just nothing left like we're just waiting for our time to just just Kill go over. yeah get it over with and that and that's there's work to be done there's a lot of love here there's a lot of good people and there's a lot of people that want to help and it's inspirational i mean you get a kite out there and you see the butterflies and just the little dandelions your comp your whole mindset can change yep get outside man get outside and there's just there's just a lot of work to be done that's all i can say yeah do you have any website or resource that no website yet but it, once it's up it's going to be really easy emergency red green i just need a, a little help it's going to be really easy especially for our non-readers you guys our non-readers i'm for you because you guys need everything to be empowered and loved and treasured because we just have to remember not all of us are the same and we got to take all this shame off of all this stuff. You know, it's like, oh, we have arrived. No, you haven't. You'll hit your knees in no time. You know, when, and when we think that, that's scary because that means we can't grow and we can't learn and we can't be a sponge and realize, hey, we're only this little speck. 
8 billion people. I mean, that's that's what it is. And we have a lot to work to do. But work smarter, not harder. And make sure, first of all, we have to make sure we're trying our best to give ourselves that space, that that peace, and, and the same love, too, before we can give it to others. I mean, we got to check ourselves. We got to, you know, check ourselves at the door first because we have to re realize nobody's righteous, man. Nobody's righteous. I mean, we're, we're doing the best we can. And we got to love each other as much as we can, you guys. It's There's there's too much hate out there. And we, we could do better. Mm. We are doing better. <laughs> nice. Okay? Okay. So, so do you have any domains for a website? Uh, well, we tried uh, to go on GoDaddy and it was Love Foundation um, was taken. Love Foundation, Love underscore Foundation wasn't, but that was already a long time ago. So I'm sure it yeah. is. So yeah. I don't have a domain. I got to go on GoDaddy and it was $1.99 uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have resources with that kind of stuff. So, okay. Yeah, I could probably help you out. I, you know, the number one thing I need help with right currently this second is I need to get my off of, up and running. I have a cricket. I have um, my, I have a computer. It might be old as heck, but I have it. And I can easily email people to go send this to your, like the parent um, connect for the city of Corona. It's a big resource hub right there. And there's certain things I know from the city council where I want to get it to them so they can get it to their foster kids, to their kids that um, are considered homeless. Because even if you turned a garage into like, let's see a little casita, that's considered homeless because it's not stability because you might not live there forever, mm -hmm. right? So there's about 23 at our Title I school right now. And so, you know, we're just not pretending that we don't see these there's things. There's 23 kids that are homeless, that are officially determined yeah. to be homeless? Yes, yes. And that's... In, One school. And that's mm -hmm. an elementary school? Because you're, a t is that second grade or is that the whole... That's, that's the, the whole school. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, but still mm -hmm. that's a lot. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Even two's a lot to me, yeah. you know, because we don't know um, foods going up. Because right. before it used to be, as long as you have eggs in your fridge, you got a lot. Right now, now it's eggs. scary because eight ninety nine, you know. So there's just certain things, but um, but what's cool is if you go to Path of Life Shelter, outside of Path of Life Shelter, the community there, I love them. I love them. Um, we have the capabilities of boiling water. Um, one of the ladies there makes tacos and she's made menudo and she feeds the people and she's like, you know, she's, she's a mother out there. There's another lady just... uh -huh. out of her own pocket or what? Well, a few people that have EBT, I mean, we'll have one person go to the store to get some of the things that we need to cook or, oh, you wow. know, um... so it's a community. Oh yeah. Wow. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The integrity is what I'm trying to bring to the higher ups, the integrity that's at the pathway of life shelter with the people out there. And, and I say my people, I'm sorry, cause they're my friends. Um, is what I'm bringing to the to higher ups because they have nothing yet. They give something and there's something sweet in that. There's something gorgeous in that. And, and that's why it's temporary. It's camping. God's going to bless them abundantly, even more than he does the higher ups, because there's something pure in, in being in that state and knowing like, you don't know if you're going to wake up literally because you've been in 30 degree weather all night. And sometimes you're hitting Fetty just to sleep through the night. We don't want to know what that lifestyle's like. We don't. When you, what do you mean hitting Fetty? Slamming fentanyl to sleep. Oh, got it. 
Okay. Some people have to do that just to sleep because it's freezing weather. You can't be comfortable. You're shivering. You're tortured. Know what I mean? We don't know that kind of state of desperation. We don't. I don't. Right. But I. But I've seen it. So. Yeah, that's horrible. I think you're right. We have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of everything, it's very important to stop, smell the roses, and acknowledge the beauty that God has put around us, the people that he's put around us, in front of us mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. And I think more than anything is to be appreciative of your path, of where you're going and where you came from. And I'm appreciative that we had this podcast. I didn't, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. And I know, me neither. Yeah, I said, well, I'm coming at 12.30, he said. <laughs> but it's, um, but I'm appreciative. I'm very appreciative that it's happened. I think we got a lot of good stuff here. And I think that I can help you. I think that you can help me. And I think together that we can help yeah. more people than each of us alone. And so absolutely, anybody out there that would like to join this movement, <laughs> um, then I, I dare you to give me a, give me a call, give me an email or reach out to her president of love foundation on Instagram. And I think that there are a few things that are going to happen after this little podcast. Mm -hmm. So, so stay tuned. And by the way, just in case you're tuning in uh, early and you never got the intro, my name is Scotty Carlisle and this is the Move Podcast and we just hit the ground running. So I didn't want to stop you to do an introduction because I think it's been nonstop good stuff, good meat and potatoes here. Mm -hmm. And Marissa, what's your last name? Herrera, right? Yes. Marissa Herrera with the Love Foundation and... Thank you for tuning in. And if there's anything else that you'd like to say. Well, I, I just really admire um, Mother Teresa. And she says that let not one person leave our presence not feeling more happy than when they came into ours or, or more loved or I'm sorry, don't. It's not verbatim, but I think that's beautiful because um, we want people to feel better when they leave us. You know, we want people to feel like they're important to us when they leave us because this life is really precious and sometimes we just got to stop and and look people in the eyes and say I love you I love you unconditionally with all your flaws I love you it's it's almost foreign it's almost really comfortable to say I hate you and we got to turn that back around because we need each other really bad I love you and I hope all is well, and this is only the bet is yes yet to come. <laughs> there we go. I'm tongue twisted after all this, but we got this. High five. Awesome. Woo. All right, Marissa. <laughs> Thank you, and again, keep keep an eye out. I think there's some some good stuff coming down the road. So. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs>